This is Mark Chrislop doing his 161st QuackCast. Yes, I'm now referring to myself in the third person, the royal we. This is called Traditional Chinese Pseudomedicine Hodgepodge. As I have noted before, more is published on acupuncture and traditional Chinese pseudomedicine than any other scam. Here are a few of the recent articles that drew my attention. Captain Hook in Acupuncture. Here is one of the more curious articles on acupuncture I have yet to find. Quote, psychosocial and neurophysiologic responses to acupuncture stimulation to incorporated rubber hand. I did not know this, but you can fool a person into thinking that a rubber hand is their own. Quote, the synchronous tactile stimulation of the real hand of an individual in a rubber hand leads to the feeling that the rubber hand is incorporated with the body of that individual. This is referred to as the rubber hand illusion, and it occurs because the brain is attempting to interpret the interaction of the visual, tactile, and proprioceptive systems of the body, which, in turn, leads to a recalibration of the touch and felt position of the hand. In other words, you can make someone think a rubber hand is their own. This is cool. There are lots of videos on the interwebs you can check out to see how it is done. So what happens when you do acupuncture on a rubber hand that the brain thinks is its own? Quote, The findings of the present study clearly demonstrate that acupuncture stimulation to a rubber hand resulted in the experience of the decay sensation when the rubber hand was fully incorporated into the body. As judged by fMRI findings, always to be taken with a grain of salt substitute, and patient results. So acupuncture of a rubber hand causes the same response in the brain as having real acupuncture. What does that say about acupuncture? that meridians and key are spontaneously generated in the rubber hand, or that the response to acupuncture is all psychological with no effect on an underlying physiology, real or imagined. But now there are socks with built-in acupuncture. I wonder if the socks would have the same effect on an artificial leg. Acupuncture. Beer goggles or overpriced wine. Painting with a broad brush, I would say that acupuncture doesn't work. By work, I would say that it causes no change in any underlying physiology or anatomy of the person receiving said acupuncture. Works is different from having an effect, even a beneficial effect. Positive interactions between a patient and a healthcare provider, even when offering a pseudo-medicine, will make some patients feel better about their disease. As you know, I compare these pseudo-medicines, like acupuncture, to beer goggles. They change perception, but not reality. While altering the perception of disease for the better is of benefit, it is not ethical to do so on the basis of a lie. What happens with a process like acupuncture to alter patient perceptions? It doesn't matter where the needles are placed or even if needles are used. Twirled toothpicks are just as effective as acupuncture needles. What matters most for efficacy is if the patient thinks they are getting acupuncture and if they believe that that acupuncture is effective, then acupuncture will have an effect. That's it. So what is going on? 
Another hint as to the mechanism of acupuncture effect is in when pain is not only pain. Inserting needles into the body evokes distinct reward-related brain responses in the context of a treatment. In this study, 24 people received three identical stimuli, tactile, acupuncture, or pain stimuli. There were two groups to receive the three stimuli, an acupuncture treatment group, an acupuncture stimulation group. What difference is what they were told before the stimuli? Quote, participants in the AS group were primed to consider the acupuncture as a painful stimulus, whereas participants in the AT group were told that the acupuncture was part of a therapeutic treatment. They had an fMRI, who doesn't, and a questionnaire about their subjective experience. Quote, behavioral results generally revealed no differences between the groups. The questionnaire results confirmed that there were no significant differences in expectancies, fear, or in anticipation. And subjective pain rating related to needles being inserted into the body between patients in the AT and AS groups. They found no difference in analgesic effect in the acupuncture group, but there was a difference in the fMRI. Quote, we found that the reward-related regions, try saying that three times really fast, specifically the ventral striatum of the brain were activated by acupuncture stimulation and that in response to painful stimulation activity and pain processing regions was decreased only when participants were told that acupuncture needles were used as a therapeutic tool. And when they were told they were having the needles inserted for pain, the same place, the same needle, the parts of the brain that activated were the pain centers. So depending on the context, people process the same stimulus differently. A needle for therapeutic acupuncture is different from the exact same needle when used for pain stimulation. Maybe. It is a small study and fMRIs have issues as we know from dead salmon. But taken in the context of the literature, which points to the predominantly positive subjective effects of pseudomedicines, it is a curious findings. Maybe it's not beer goggles. Maybe it's more like making wine taste better by giving it a higher price. Acupuncture works, if you believe it will. I like antibiotics. They kill the bacteria infecting my patients. And it doesn't matter what the patient thinks about the effectiveness of the antibiotics. They just work. Having a practice based almost entirely in acute care medicine, most of the interventions have effect or not, independent of patient belief concerning the interventions. Not so with acupunctures. As I have said many times, acupuncture doesn't work. But that doesn't mean it doesn't have an effect. I have mentioned in other entries the importance of expectation and acupuncture effect. Believing makes it so is one example. The more patients thought acupuncture would have an effect, the greater the response. If patients were unenthusiastic about acupunctures, eh, nothing happened. There is a paper in the Clinical Journal of Pain, Psychological Covariates of Longitudinal Changes and Back-Related Disability in Patients Undergoing Acupuncture. They note, quote, indeed, acupuncture can be conceptualized as a complex intervention in which changes in patients' health are produced not only by needling, but also by more psychosocial factors such as empathetic therapeutic relationship and holistic consultations in which discussions of lifestyle and self-care can trigger changes in how patients think and feel about their symptoms 
and their ability to manage them. But they also ask, what are the psychosocial factors that lead to the success or failure of acupuncture for low back pain? They had 485 patients from 83 acupuncturists before starting acupuncture for back pain who took several questionnaires over six months of their acupuncture. Interestingly, among other findings, quote, people who started out with very low expectations of acupuncture, who thought it probably would not help them, were more likely to report less benefit as treatment went on. As is often the case with the response to pseudomedicines, rather than concluding that since the effects of acupuncture are an elaborate ritual with no intrinsic value beyond placebo, and perhaps it should be abandoned as useless at best and unethical at worst, they suggest teaching acupuncturists to be better at their elaborate ritual. You know, be a better liar and manipulator. Quote, Dr. Bishop added that to improve the effectiveness of treatment, acupuncturists should consider helping patients to think more positively about their back pain as part of their consultations. His understanding could lead in the future to better targeting of acupuncture and related therapies in order to maximize patient benefit. Why not keep the power of positive thinking but attach it instead to reality-based interventions instead of selling patients the TCM equivalent of supplements? But researchers in pseudomedicines are never looking to apply negative results to patient care. Massive head scourge in acupuncture. I am old school. I'm a germ theory kind of guy. Mumps, as an example, is due to the mumps virus, a paramyxovirus that likes to infect the parotid glands and occasionally other organs. There is no treatment for mumps but tincture of time. There are, however, more curious supposed etiology for the mumps. Quote, mumps is caused by invasion of the body of exopathogenic wind heat toxin from the mouth and nose. This pathogen mixing with phlegm turns into fire to obstruct the Xiaoyang and Yang Ming channels, leading to lump due to accumulation of heat in the parotid region. Therefore, the principle of treatment should be to eliminate stagnated heat from the Xiaoyang and Yang Min channels. Of course, I should have thought of that. And how would one eliminate stagnated heat from the Xiaoyang and Yang Min channels? Well, according to Dr. Lon Win Jun, needles in the ear points at the antitragic apex and pancreas gallbladder are the first choice in such treatment. Although Song treated 1,000 cases with a single needle at the Pring-Jang point as an alternative treatment for mumps, as with all self-limited disease, the effect is satisfactory. And don't forget, said the article, the needle should be sterilized carefully to prevent infection. If the Pring-Jang point is the same as either the anti-tragic apex or pancreas gallbladder, I can't say for sure. The interwebs are not clear. Both, however, are incorrect, as it is the fire needle with sulfur that is obviously better, although I can't discover exactly what and where it is. But it does sound better, doesn't it? Fire needle with sulfur. Kids will love that when they have the mumps. That is what I could find on PubMed concerning mumps and acupuncture. Others on the web also suggest different places on the skin to needle, and perhaps a different etiology. I do like the terms massive head scourge and frog scourge for mumps, 
And that website offers yet another acupuncture intervention point. Given the known viral pathophysiology of mumps, there is zero reason to suspect that the fanciful and inconsistent interventions mentioned above would have any effect on the mumps. It doesn't stop, however, the Cochrane reviews from looking for something to meta-analyze. Like the prior review from 2012, they, quote, aim to determine the effectiveness and safety of using acupuncture to treat mumps in children, but, quote, identify no trials for inclusion in this updated review, end of quote. Oddly, the background does not mention that mumps is a virus, but rather, quote, caused by wind warmth evil and pyretic toxicity accumulated in Xiaoyang and Yangmin meridians. Thus, the flow of qi, sputum, and heat evil stagnate in and around the ears and cheeks. Acupuncture can help expel wind warmth evil, clear pathogenic heat, remove toxic substances, act as an anti-inflammatory, alleviate pain, and re-establish the normal flow of key, thus restoring internal balance. That is reasonable background? Makes their motto, trusted evidence, informed decisions, better health, suspect. And then, of course, they suggest, quote, more high-quality research is needed. More suggests that there has been some quality research. There hasn't. And is any research needed? I think not. I would think that IRBs would recognize useless pseudomedicine when they see it and protect children from useless needling. Yeah, right. Like that's going to happen. Otzi the Iceman and Acupuncture Redux. I try to be circumspect. I really do. Respectful of the person, if not the idea. Hate the sin, not the sinner. But some things are just so stupid. Last year, the stupidest comment made by a reputable source I could find was in the Cochrane Review for Vitamin C for the treatment of cold. Quote, It may be worthwhile for common cold patients to test on an individual basis whether therapeutic vitamin C is beneficial for them. Seriously. As I said at the time, the uselessness of personal experience in determining efficacy of medical intervention is why we do clinical trials. For crying out loud, I thought it was the raison d'etre of the whole Cochrane Collaborative, relying on evidence instead of anecdotes. Wrong. Here it is, less than two years into the new year, and I doubt I will find a more stupid interpretation of information for the rest of 2015 than, quote, new tattoos found on Otzi the Iceman. Support Prehistoric Acupuncture Theory. Otzi is the 5,300-year-old corpse found in the Italian Alps, who has 18 tattoos in 19 groups across his body. More tattoos were found recently using special photographic techniques. Quote, Lars Krutak, an anthropologist who has published a book about the medicinal applications of tattoos, has said they may be on or near other acupuncture points. Commenting on the findings, Krutak said, I was intrigued by the possibility that the new set of tattoos were located on or near classical acupuncture points or meridians. If they were, perhaps these could be traced to Otzi's known pathologic conditions such as gallbladder stones, whipworms in his colon, and atherosclerosis. He consulted Gillian Powers, an acupuncturist, who said the location of the new tattoos corresponds with treatment associated with whipworms and gallstones. 
I sometimes wonder if archaeologists are ingesting some of the hallucinogenic indigenous plants to come up with ideas like that. It seems that every time someone comes across a tattoo on a mummy, goodness gracious, it's near an acupuncture point. They did that with tats on the neck of a Peruvian mummy. Quote, a possible therapeutic origin may lie in the fact that the circles on the neck lie close to acupuncture points, having a relaxing and pain-relieving effect in the neck and head region. There are perhaps 350 common acupuncture points, with some estimates putting the number at over 2,000. The average male is about 2,900 square inches, so there is an acupuncture point about every 0.68 square inches. Except, curiously, and perhaps understandably, on the eyes, under the nails, and, thankfully, on the genitals. With that many points, it is not hard to find associations because every point on the skin is on or near an acupuncture point. He doesn't seem to consider the notion that acupoints and meridians are nonsense that have no therapeutic effect on any process. One gets the feeling this is the worst example, or is it the best example, of confirmation bias ever. Quote, It cannot be ruled out that the Iceman's tattoos were indeed applied as therapeutic treatment. In future studies, the location of new tattoos and its relation to acupuncture points and or meridians should be further explored and discussed. I think the tats are put there to ward off Bigfoot and Nessie. Can't rule that out either, and it should be further explored and discussed. Body art is currently popular. 5,000 years from now, they will probably pull the body of an Oregonian out of an ice crevice on Mount Hood or from some bog along the coast. Looking at the barbed wire on the arm, the Chinese character on the calf, or the abstract tramp stamp in the small of the back, they will find that those tats are near acupoints and conclude that they were put there for medical reasons. So stupid. The year is young. I bet, however, that the Cochrane Collaborative will surpass this bit of idiocy. They do have yet to fail me. It's a bad flu season. Use acupuncture. It was a bad flu season this year. We have had one death in my hospital system from influenza. So what is to be done for the prevention and treatment of influenza? University hospitals, yes, university hospitals in Cleveland suggest a worthless pseudomedicine, acupuncture for cold and flu season. As an infectious disease doctor, when I think of treating or preventing a potentially fatal illness, somehow magic doesn't jump to the top of the list. They suggest that acupuncture, quote, could help you avoid colds and flu this winter, or at least send them packing sooner. Weasel word, could. A search of PubMed for influenza and acupuncture yields nothing of note, even less after searching for cold and acupuncture. As far as the PubMeds go, I can find no clinical trials to suggest that acupuncture helps influenza or cold prevention or treatment. Well, not clinical trials, but philosophy is the basis of treatment. Yes, philosophy. Eastern medical philosophy. Acupuncture works by balancing and harmonizing ki, or vital life force energy. I know, some people say chi. At one time, Western philosophy thought illness was due to an imbalance of humors. That was superseded by treating illness not based on philosophy, but rather on the reality of the sciences. 
Eastern medical philosophy evidently prefers the philosophical fantasy of unblocking and revitalizing a mystical chi. Why a university is treating diseases based on philosophy instead of reality eludes me. I mean, besides the whole getting money for nothing thing. Quote, Western medicine views acupuncture as a form of therapy that releases hormones into the bloodstream, sending signals to the nervous system. No, Western medicine, and I so hate the terms Eastern and Western, that seems so slightly racist and suggests that there are two versions of reality when I think there is only one. She's acupuncture as an elaborate placebo that has never been shown to have efficacy in well-controlled clinical trials for any objective endpoint. They continue. Question. How can acupuncture help during the cold and flu season? Answer. Studies have shown that patients receiving acupuncture have elevated immune-enhancing hormones and blood counts up to three days after treatment. If you feel the symptoms of flu or cold coming on, it is important to visit your acupuncturist right away to get the most benefit from your treatment. Acupuncture can prevent colds and flu by boosting the immune system, help get over the cold or flu faster, reduce chills, fever, and body aches, relieve sore throat and congestion. Seriously, that is absolute nonsense, unsupported by any known biology or clinical trials. As I have said before, you cannot boost the immune system, much less with fantastical acupuncture against influenza. Having your immune system boosted may be part of the reason for worse outcomes in patients, such as the obese and the pregnant. Still, this advice is offered by a university integrative medicine program that offers multiple therapies divorced from known reality, including acupuncture, Ayurveda, reflexology, and Reiki. It would probably be unreasonable to expect them to offer actual useful therapies. At a university hospital's website suggests nonsense for a serious illness confirms the choice of Sisyphus for the logo of the Society for Science-Based Medicine. Seriously, it's a bruise. Sometimes I see an article and I have to double-check that it is not from The Onion. The Falun Gong-sponsored Epoch Times is not a satire publication, although their ad for seeing how acidic your body is does give me pause but they did publish Ancient Technique Scrapes Away Pain. The article concerns Gua Sha, yet another ancient Chinese healing pseudo-medicine, where the skin is scraped with a tool such as, quote, something with a rounded edge that can be comfortably stroked across the body. Tools range from stones and bones specifically for the job to large coins. Gua Sha is used to release congestion and stagnation of some sort or other, to help the body heal itself from the usual hodgepodge of illnesses. There are a few studies on the PubMeds on the technique, and none of inequality. But look at pictures of this process on the internet. It is a bruise from trauma. They massively bruise the skin. If you read the caption, it says, Gua Sha raises dark marks that can be mistaken for tissue damage. What? Are you nuts? It's a bruise. It is tissue damage. Are you blind? The Gua Sha instructor says, quote, It looks like we are creating a bruise or like we are breaking capillaries and causing some damage. What we're actually doing is extravasating blood from the capillary bed. Extravasating blood from the capillary bed? 
That's what a bruise is. Seriously, search the internet for gua sha. It's bruising from trauma. At least the medical literature recognizes a contusion injury to underlying soft tissue and an intentionally created therapeutic petechiae in ecchymosis representing extravasation of blood into the subcutis, you know, a bruise. Or gua sha is a traditional Chinese folk therapy that employs skin scraping to cause subcutaneous microvascular blood extravasation and bruises. It's a bruise. This is the most impressive denial of reality I have seen in years. And finally, I received a tweet that said if acupuncture needs belief to work, why does it work on animals? Well, it doesn't. The SkepVet is a nice source for more erudite discussions of the topic. With veterinary pseudomedicine, you are relying on the reports of the owner or perhaps a zookeeper. And then there is acupuncture provides relief for Palm Beach Zoo Komodo dragon's pain. And it's a perfect example of reporting bias and silly reporting. Bob and Ray would be proud. Hannah, a Komodo dragon, has neck pain. So they corner the poor beast, hold her against her will, and stick the poor animals with needles using horrible infection control technique. I see septicemia in Hannah's future. When she finally escapes, jacked up on fear and adrenaline, she goes to a place of prior safety and comfort to escape what must be, for her, a close call with death. However, the zoo says, quote, After receiving the acupuncture treatment, Hannah seems to experience almost immediate relief, zoo officials said. She seemed to get very active and interested in heading back to her sunny spot after the acupuncture. Of course she did. Stress and fear can make even severe injuries seem insignificant, as many a war story will confirm, a serious wound ignored until the firefight is over. An injured animal will get more animated when stressed to avoid being, I don't know, killed and eaten? Lizards try and get warm when stressed by infection. It is part of their survival technique since they cannot mount a fever on their own. That is animal acupuncture. A terrified animal trying to escape its tormentors, transiently appearing better after the intervention stops. So sad for the poor animal. And that ends the 161st QuackCast. Go to edgydoc.com for links to my growing multimedia empire. The references for this particular QuackCast can be found for the equivalent post over at Science-Based Medicine. Otherwise, talk to you next time. Thanks for listening. Bye.